The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. You! We're here. We did it. It's time for another episode of Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane and Art. <laughs> wow, really? You're going to do that? Uh, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna I, give I, Lane's opinion. It's almost like a beat, these. you know. It's like a it's like a when you're a musician, like you hit. It's like that that you hit the beat. Um, you don't actually sound it out. I wasn't supposed oh. to in this case, but, and then you and then no, you can you say aren't. your thing. If I don't say it's I'm like Lane, those last, I'm lost, right? Because I need I'm Lane. Yeah, yeah. I'm Art next. Oh, that, that's what right. happened there. You needed it. Okay. Well, now you're in for it, man. You got to answer for Lane all of the questions. That's pretty um, rad, actually. Oh. I'm Brian. Oh boy. That's Brian. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, this is the big episode where Lane is not here. Is this really the I think first one? It's been 17,400 episodes. Wow. He's been at every single one. Yep. And uh, about two hours or whatever before we recorded, he's like, I can't make it tonight. And that's very unusual. We yeah. thought maybe a child had lost their head, yes. like literally, like from the neck um, maybe he has COVID. That was possible for sure. Um, but he'd be able to record what else? COVID. He'd, he'd brush it off. Terrible jet ski, jet ski accident. That, we knew perhaps. that wasn't happening. Um, um, spider bite or a bit. Ba- uh, what about a bad spider nightmare? Maybe traumatized. Oh, maybe rally elbow yeah. of the jaw. But I mean, it is 2020 though, right? So this is full on par for the course now. It's like, right. We'll take, I mean, any weirdness. Yeah, but no, this is right on, it is, right on par. But it is worth mentioning that I, it was probably true for all of us. It's like, you know, Lane says he's out, and then we're like, <laughs> whoa, is everything okay? And he doesn't respond for, like, you know, maybe 20 <laughs> minutes. Like, I, I, was serious, I'm, I was seriously concerned for him. Like, it's so bad yeah. that, he, one, he's not doing the podcast. Two, he won't even tell us what it is. Like... And then you go through the, in your mind, like all of the other things that he has made the podcast through. It's like, I, I like life events. Like, <laughs> I feel like I figured was, it wasn't childbirth because he would have made it for that. Right. Exactly. Um, like something anniversary more extreme I mean, yeah. than childbirth. A- anniversary yeah. or child's birthday. Like, of course, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. um, house burned down. No, he'd find internet somewhere, yeah. or, you know, on a family vacation, you know, right in the middle of it. No, no that's not enough. No. So what, what in, could be so extreme? Like, how about like mid-flight uh, air travel? And he just yeah, he would still do yeah. it in the he bathroom, find, right? With the, the, with the Wi-Fi. So <laughs> I, in the bathroom. I was genuinely worried about him. Yeah, and and I'm glad glad to hear it's just a work thing. Uh, that's that's yeah, good. No, he's actually doing some photo photo shoot stuff, and I'm guessing it was a uh, golden hour situation, which is when we record. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Is the Cal Ripken of podcast has the tipped his Nolan cap Ryan. to the crowd. Nolan Ryan does 17 Cy Youngs or whatever. All right. So it is Thursday. We're going to get to it and uh, let's see what we can do. Even without Lane, we're going to carry yep. on. Um, Bobby Reed with the cars says, 
now that it's December, the temperatures are dropping to the 30s in the morning. How cold is too cold to run summer tires? Asking for my 944. I think it depends if you're getting like uh, ice and snow on the ground. I mean, around here, well, I think you're fine. It'll warm up in the afternoon, you know. Well, okay, but let's say you had the uh, the choice. Would you still run them? Yeah. Yeah, and typically, I mean, you you build heat into them, right? But as I think, yeah, what Brian just said is is warranted. I mean, you know, if you're going to have some snow or ice or something on the ground, that's when you run into problems. Uh, but because then it, the, the the tires stay cold and then you have no traction, right? But um, if if it's fairly clear and you, you're going to build heat into them, I run, all, you know, name your, you know, extreme performance tire, right? Like DZ2s, Zennies, R1Rs, whatever. Uh, in this temperature up in the mountains and, and it's they've been fine they warm up pretty quickly um but once you start getting uh shit on the ground that's when it becomes problematic but where does he live you know? especially if it's like if it's moose shit it's that's pretty problematic cow shit bad too but like rabbit rabbit yeah they're kind of pebbly yeah. well yeah, that, I mean, is that, that a becomes... rating that can can bobby reed with the cars look up this moose shit rating on the tire yeah. rack or on the sidewall of the tire is it like i mean by far the worst is human Shit. Yeah, you don't want to run into that. Yeah. Well, you know, That's I don't really know, man. Bad. I think rabbit, San Francisco especially streets. frozen rabbit, becomes kind of like tire marbles, right? So you, you, it's kind of like going offline on uh, off the racing line. Not good. Not you good. do kind of skate around on that stuff. So, so yeah. What, do, what are you do. thinking, Wham? Are you saying get new, get a second set well, of wheels I, I think, for the winter? I don't know. I think I'm looking at his Instagram, and he has a lot of Washington plates in his Instagram. So I'm gonna assume he's in the PNW. Um, but I could have swore we saw Bobby somewhere. Yeah, maybe it was it. It was in Pacific Northwest. So, um, okay, he's in Pacific Northwest. It does get pretty like frozen rain and snowy up there at certain times. What's the problem with having a second set of wheels and tires for winter? And you can rally those things and then have your summer tires. Definitely ideal. Yeah. You know, it's not bad enough to put the car away and, and winterize it. But, um, you know, Bobby, if you're hanging in there with the couple bucks um maybe get another set that's all i have to say i think it'd be confidence confident inspiring on those morning drives to cars and coffee and such and how long does it take to swap tires wheels yeah i mean you're doing it just you know twice a year Once, basically twice a year yeah. yeah um i like it i think uh the 944 thing you're i feel like wheels are more expensive for those cars uh, like they're not super right. easy to find, you know, like an E30, you could get some bottle caps or whatever, or the, yeah. uh, you know, some cheap ones. Um, 944. I mean, Volkswagen stuff would, would transfer, but it, it's not going to be staggered. If it fits over the brakes and all that stuff. I don't know. Right, right. Um, no, you're, I, you're probably right. I'm a huge fan of the multiple sets of wheels. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Pacific Northwest. I mean, yeah, I don't, Put I don't yourself know. in his shoes. If you live... P- in the Pacific Northwest, and you like driving, you would have a second set. No, I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably rock some summer. PS oh, at least 4S you wouldn't run summer, and, and I'd be fine. A four, yeah, four S, but those aren't well, summer. But the, well, the, I, I think they're pretty good. To, but going back to the question yeah, though, good. like it's a temperature based thing. How cold is too cold? Like if you're if you're staying in the 30s all day, then it, and, and you know, like if it if it dips into the 30s and you know warms out as, as you guys were saying, you're fine, right? Like you can get up, you're gonna drive the car, you're gonna warm up the tires, and like, throughout yeah. the day it's gonna be okay. Versus like if it starts to drop below that, and then and then you're stuck in the 30s, you're definitely the tires are gonna harden, yeah. right? And they're not ideal. But I think there's those are the days there that it's it 
it doesn't really get warm. It's like the high of 49, but the time you drive in the morning, it's fucking cold yeah. and wet. Yeah. So, and a lot is riding on your tires, you know? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. it's this whole yeah. thing is reminding me like one of the, my most dramatic drives ever <clears throat> was a trip up to Tahoe. Uh, it was just Christina and I. For some reason, um, we couldn't take the Jeep. Like it may have been in the shop or something. I'm not sure why, but we took my M3, my E36 M3, which at the time I think would had uh, Falcons on it. I, I, it seems no, weird. It I think you went with the shit with the shitty Tomos, right? You had like Sumitomo summer tires. I remember. I don't. Or did you have no, these? This was already? after. This is after I. Yeah, I, I didn't. Those didn't last very long. Um, oh, okay. I think I put a Zenny's on there, which uh, okay. it seems a little strange, unless I was getting a deal on them or something. But, anyways. Uh, we end up, it's like, um, winter, uh, we're driving over highway 80, um, at night, Christina has fallen asleep and the temperature's dropping and I'm on these Azenas and it's like, we're going up over the pass and you know, when you go by like Boreal and stuff and I'm just like watching this so anxiously watching the temperatures just drop, drop, drop. And then. So, like I'm just driving super cool, like very easy with my inputs. I don't know when there's going to be frozen over stuff. I know my tires are not in the right sticky shape for this, and the tre- you know there's just not a lot of treads. Uh, and dude, by the way, worst case scenario, your little uh, onboard computer chime goes uh, off to signal that it's below freezing, dude, and Christina wakes oh, up. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, and it's like I I feel like anxiety just right now telling the oh, story. F- for sure. But we end up we end up getting making it over like sigh of relief. We're in like uh, you know North Shore Lake Tahoe. Uh but, but then to get to our friend's house, uh there's like a little uphill and you know in Tahoe in the winter it's like sure the road around the lake is you know plowed and everything, but immediately when you start getting up into these like pretty steep driveways and ro- roads to get into the it's complex like is- a yard off the road, you're fucked. Dude, like, yeah. It's because it goes immediately up and plowing is like whatever. And so I end up getting to a spot. The driveway is completely not plowed. I get there and I just just distinctly remember like I basically like drove up, uh, totally started skidding, slide, slid down to back up and do this 180 turn. And basically it's like we're hiking up to the top. No question. uh, All (laughs) sketchy style. But it was like, I don't know how (laughs) like this. This is definitely the wrong car and the wrong tire for this. I just yeah. hope tomorrow's better <laughs> and like drive like, I, you know, on the way back, it was like we timed it. So we weren't going at night, which was a big improvement. Right. Right? It's like, know. we'll leave at 10 instead of instead of at 8 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Yeti Overland says, as the DWA podcast is an inclusive podcast, except for jet skiing spiders who love fireworks. How do you properly celebrate the holidays for a family that both celebrates Honda days and Toyotathon? Is Lane's sushi boat the answer? Hashtag always the answer. Someone else says, uh, make love, not robots, says, uh, throw them a curveball. Celebrate by making it a Lexus December to remember, oh, as yeah. we all know. Yeah, I'm um, just deeply offended that he said happy days or whatever. It's, it's it, like, he didn't say the full thing, right? It's, what is it? It's happy Honda days. And he just said, like, did he just say Honda days or oh. happy days? celebrates honda days it's happy honda days that's it's happy holidays it's like that's the pun right um right right and i'm a much bigger fan of happy honda days so i think i would i would actually butt heads with the toyotathon people because uh 
more on board with but that. But Toyota Thon, they run that shit all year or it's like not, different times of the yeah, year. It's not, it's not a Christmas it's not thing, special. is it? I don't, I don't think so, is it? I mean, Lexus December to remember. You yeah. have a big bow. There's right. a bow your on wife a car is, and there's snow. Your wife's going out to buy you a Lexus, which always happens yeah. every year. Yeah. And surprises you under your, you know, in your perfect mid-century modern house. The family's all wearing white. Yeah, things are looking good. Yeah, and then you're like, "Fuck, you didn't get the ISF." <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, and it's got the it's got the Azanis on there. Like, how am I gonna get out of this driveway? Like, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> you weren't exactly you weren't thinking. And now this bow, uh, fucking put this bow somewhere. It's not gonna fit in the garbage can, dude. Garage taking up Great. space. Ah. Yeah, let's yeah, go to the fire. It's frozen to the car. How am I supposed to get in? I can't even check it out. It's <laughs> yeah, like, you can't even open the door. Put a bow in the car and it's freezing yeah. outside? Come on. I de- I'm definitely going to remember this. I'm not going to forget this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. So one, I question, is the podcast inclusive? I don't know. Well, of course it okay. is. We don't exclude. No, yeah, we, we, yeah, we like all of these. Ideally, we would be crashing all of these parties. The Honda party. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Toyota party, the Lexus party, we that is one of my favorite like to celebrate Christmas all. songs. Is the Honda? They they use it as Happy Holidays, Happy Holidays. Yeah. You know, it's very uh, swingers kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Rat Packy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who sings it. Andy Williams, maybe. You got me. Anyways, look it up. Give it a goog. Chaycor uh, says, great car on a terrible road or terrible car on a great road? Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> Bonus points for examples of each. All right, so it's Highway 58, and you're in a... Jeepster. Ford <laughs> Festiva. Ford Festiva? No, that's that's too wiry and nimble. It's too I'm good. thinking like... It's a, too good. A, a, yeah, yeah. Jeep Compass or uh, something with like overboosted steering, terrible brakes, um... Wallowy, yeah. Named your, you know, sh- name your shitty like, rental, right? You're- right. Okay. Or even like Jeep Wrangler, right? I mean, yeah. Whatever it would be not matched to the road, or like as, some as, minivan. Uh, yeah. Oh, that could okay. be fun. Or, or or newer minivans are good. Or so what's the other one? We got like uh, bad road. We've had some on the rally where they're just like super rough. Like what was that? Oh, you wouldn't. Yeah, but those are still fun in some ways. So what about like? F40 right. on the 405. Ooh. Ah, oh, like the worst stop and I mean, go traffic possible. Right. And the worst road. Yeah. It's like there's nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. Or, yeah. you know, if it's in rough condition, like that road that was on the way back from oh, R- yeah. Rally South where it's straight, but there's like fucking craters everywhere. F40 yeah, yeah. in that or a McLaren yeah. F1. And it's like, right. no question, dude, we're wrangling on the friggin' 58. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, all about good road G- always wins. Yeah, you're going to go with a PT Cruiser automatic hard top. Oh, that's that's too fun yeah. right there. That's not even close. <laughs> I, well, you had to stop yourself. I'm trying to think of like just but the, the good road the make top with the good road you can make anything entertaining, right? Like you make yeah. you can make it into yeah. a game somehow whereas like yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, a shitty road is a shitty exactly. road. Um, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I had a I had a good one. Uh, I thought about this the other day when I was driving the Mighty Max. Great turning radius, no power steering, or shit turning radius, all the power steering you need. Great Dude, turning radius. What do you take? Well, I think you named. I think that that's the wrong equation. Great turning radius and no power steering is that's awesome, right? But parking lots, it's tough because I mean my Mighty Max doesn't have great turning radius, but it also doesn't have power steering. So it's it's yeah, kind of worse yeah. than both. But I was. Don't we I all could appreciate the non-power steering cars, though? 
the, 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 you know, it's kind of a weird, I guess it depends the on the, okay. So you, that's the thing. Yeah. So here's like, the example. Mighty Max is nimble ish. It's small. It's light ish. And I could whip it into this parking spot at Home Depot. I saw a, you know, mid nineties Chevy Silverado and they have notoriously terrible turning radius. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you ever tried to turn one. Um, and this guy had to do like a three point turn to get into a regular parking spot. Just, it was awful. So I was kind of thinking, I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't have power steering, but at least I can get into that spot. And this guy could right, steer with right, his finger, right. but he's got to do a three point yeah. turn. So oh, mighty, mighty. Yeah, the mini pickup wins every time, hands down. Right. Yeah. For that, for that situation. But, um, that's kind of reminding me of Che Cor's question yep. here. I like it. Lewis Eig says, I've got a very rad 1984 Saab 99 Aero SPG coming um, with a 2.1 liter 16 valve and a big turbo. It awesome. desperately needs tires. Not much to choose from. Suggested size is a 185 65 15. Perhaps you can fit a 195 60. Any thoughts? Seems like everything available is designed for a minivan. Um, mm. I think that doesn't Bredestein make those the Sprint classics in that size? Yeah, but those are pretty classic. Yeah, looking. that's it's a classic. 90, classic. An, oh, oh wait, it's an what 84. Is it? 84? It's an 84. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is kind of, they are very, they're classic. Um, what and about we have the, to say, I mean, Saab makes amazing wheels, so yeah, they I do. don't think it's an option to switch wheels. Um, no, I, I'm, no, I'm no, scrubbing no. through his Instagram to see uh, if there is a photo of this thing, but I, I don't think there is. Those are really cool cars. Hopefully it's a fun color, uh, even if it's not, who cares? But um, I think Continental makes those 15-inch decent, what are they, the DWSs? What are they called? Well, there's a DWS and a DW, but now it's, it's no longer yeah. that. It, it used to be the DW. Now it's just like the Extreme Contact or something like that. Yeah, extreme contact. I would look at those. They have a pretty soft sidewall, which is good. I would avoid the uh, size, 15 inch. Hold on, let me look Goodrich. it up. So he said 185, 65, 15. Don't, yeah. I don't think go. Or one you're not going 185s one, on that car. You're going 195s or 205s. 195-60. You should definitely uh, you should have some options. 185-65 is weird. Yeah, it's more of a light truck yeah, tire that's a weird or whatever. Um, I mean, isn't the answer always. Radial TAs. No, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting not, the question. It's not. Um, I would. I do want to say, you only need one good option. You don't. One tire. You don't need a lot of. <laughs> you don't need a lot of options, right? It, it, it's fine if there's not a big selection. You don't need yeah. a big selection. Yeah, yeah. You're only making one purchase here, so you only need yeah. one. And I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet there's a good size in the 195 60s. I just well, checked Zenus and it, it's kind of garbage. There's mostly shitty stuff. There's like Sumitomo's and kind of mediocre high performance yeah. all seasons. But uh, let me check 185.65. Dude, there's they have the Quattrax. Um, oh, those are great. Are, the, no, that's like a that's like an all oh, season. Oh, Quattrax. That's, that's the ones on my Lexus. Yeah, those aren't for his setup. It's a, it's a well, soft we turbo, sportier. We won't dive oh. too too far into this. Uh, check out the Cooper... The Cooper uh, CS5 Ultra Tourings. I've actually driven on those. I had those on the 924S, and I was very impressed. I think it'll match the car well. 185, 65, 15. The Cooper CS5 Ultra Touring. It's, it rides really well, and it has, I, I bet you, more grip than the highest performance tire for a street car at the time. You know, So I think it'll match the car well, and I think and the look is good, too. I think that it's got round sidewalls and all that. Um, so I, I would go with those because I, I do have experience with them and I was pleasantly surprised. 
There you go. Niceberg Slim says, what are some cars you know are coming before you see them? I always know when a 2010, a 2010's focus is coming from a distant, uh, I'm sorry, from a distinct whirring noise. Right. Um, Subarus for me. Yeah, WRXs and stuff or the, Challenger. The, uh, v, VQs. Oh, VQs for sure. Um, I'm, not, I, I'm not so good at identifying the VQs. Um, oh, yeah, they're pretty distinct. Dude, okay, I like to but guess and we mo- be wrong a lot. We moved quickly here, but 205 50 15s, there are a lot of selections. Whoa. There are a lot of tires. Two, that's very wide, though. What, what is this? Is it? It's probably I mean, a come very on. narrow tire, right? I mean, narrow wheel, I mean. Well, I was running 225s on a 14, but yeah, he could, he could probably I think do he it. could probably do it. The difference between if, if the factory is 185, I'll bet he could fit do a some 205. Research. Do some I research. mean, it's definitely a smaller sidewall, but. Uh, that's that's a pretty good size, and you got uh, Yokohama Advan Niovas, you've got Dunlop Derezas, Bridgestone Potenza, Falcon Azenas, BF Goodrich G Force Rivals. I wonder how wide those wheels are. What are, what are they like proxies. five and a half inches or something? I have no idea. Yeah, do some research, uh, Lewis. All right. So, what's another car that you uh, you can hear before it comes? Nine nine sixes. They have a very distinctive yeah. Yeah. whine. Yeah. Similar to a Boxster, though, so you could get tri- tripped up there. Yeah, you can. Um, but vo- old uh, Must- VW Beetles, Bugs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Mustangs in some cases. I don't know about Mustangs. You can tell a, a 289. This would be a really Five this would be a really fun game actually to play if we did uh, samples. Like right, a, a Jeopardy blindf- samples. Yeah, you blindfold them. Double. There'd be a double Jeopardy question. I'm also good at starting uh, when cars are starting uh, oh, behind me or something. I can tell you. Yeah, Toyotas are very distinct. Really? Fords, yeah, for sure. Call it, come come at me. Um, Croc GT4 says, do you Wagyu? I've never Wagyu'd. What, wa- never? Wagyu? Yes. No. Or Wagyu. Have you guys? Yeah. Yeah, but what do you mean? You never had it or you've no. never baked, made it? I've never had it. Never had it. Oh, shit. I mean, is that strange? That shit's bank. Well, I mean, if you're into, you know, good beef, it seems like at some point you would have been like, I want to try When did you try? When did you do it? All or shit. You went to Japan, several times, right? I did go to Japan, but I've had it here. Yeah. I've had sliders made out of it. I've had, um, yeah, yakitori, all sorts of yummy. Mm -hmm. Art, I imagine you've had a lot. I just picture you as that type of guy. And here and, yeah, in all sorts of different forms for sure. Um, I'd like to I try it. it. What do you guys think? Is it good? Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, sliders with. Yeah, I just Wagyu. found out that that's interesting. They make burger like patties you can buy at the Japanese markets with that stuff. Hmm. Um, speaking of which, happy birthday, Croc! Happy seventieth birthday to you. I mean, I texted him happy birthday, but uh, makes me super happy to see him doing stuff that we enjoy. You know, at 70 and to look forward to doing that when we're his age and um stoked. Did you just say 70? out there, so 70. Wow, he's killing it, man. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, That's a big yeah. one. Big so for your 70th birthday, you should drive, because I know you'll drive three hours on a whim, drive to San Francisco and go to uh, Niku, Niku Steakhouse, N-I-K-U. I don't know, if, probably not indoor dining, but that is probably the best Japanese um steak or beef restaurant in san francisco maybe in northern california um it's unbelievable i've, I've had it there there's also 5a5 in the city but um nico is like legit japanese style and they actually they 
Andersons, I think, or is it Alexander's? I think it's, no, Alexander's or Andersons. I can't remember. That's another high-end steakhouse in the city, but they're also one of these places that get like one cow uh, or whatever, you know, it's like the cow. They, they import one cow uh, from the very specific region, you know, all blah, 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 blah. I don't know the details, but um, there's a couple of those in San Francisco where um, the farmers will only ship two or three cows to the, to the United States. Two go to the West Coast, two go to the East Coast, and these restaurants in San Francisco usually get one or split it in half, believe yeah. it or not, which is crazy. Um, nice. Yeah, check out Niku Steakhouse in San Francisco. Or check out Nijia Market in Bay Area. Whoa, just, I think there's one in... Even, even Nijia, huh? And I think there's one in LA and San Diego. But uh, And then buy some, buy some bomb-ass, dank-ass beef. Dank-ass. There you go. It looks uh, like he's already doing Canyon. that too, right? I mean, that's probably... Yeah. The Open Canyon says, have you guys ever considered doing a car part swap meet style morning motors? Yeah. Also, I'm a fairly new listener. So if you've done this in the past, please forgive me. No, that's a great idea. We've, Sounds fun. we've talked about it. Have we? And welcome I've to never, the podcast. I've never heard of that. We've talked about doing that? Yeah, we've, we had talked about how to do it. I was thinking about around the outside mm-hmm. perimeter of the venue. It could be like flea market style and then cars on the inside um it takes some doing or maybe we do two days like saturday is or i don't know we it's tough it's tough because our our lot is also used for a farmer's market so um yeah what do you guys think yeah yeah i mean i I was on board with that idea when we talked about it for sure um i do like that sort of perimeter idea and have it going simultaneously what Uh, do you guys think about uh just having it be mixed like, you know, usually when you go to swap meets, it's like specific oh, right. to a certain mark. So it's like a little more focused. Um, it yeah, seems like pretty random, right? Like it could be fun, though. I mean, you are right, though. Last time I went to one like that, it was a Volkswagen show. And it was really cool to see the stuff people were selling because it was Mark II uh, GTI interior and steering wheels and wheel, you know, just that cool stuff. But that's true because you're you're obviously catering to people who are coming to look at Volkswagens and are ready for that sort of thing. So yeah, maybe, maybe we would do like different ones throughout the summer or something like it would be uh, BMW and Mercedes one weekend. And then the next time it's uh, Honda and Japanese makes or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is tough though. A Euro parts meet could be kind of cool. And I mean, you get other shows. I remember like the Turlock uh, swap meet was, you know, that's just, that was all, it was like just all American stuff. It was huge, but it, you know, it wasn't just a single brand, right? It was, it was yeah. everything. Uh, all, you know, all years of like all classic cars. Um, so, and that worked. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'd be fun too, to see not just car parts and stuff, but, uh, other ephemera too, like you know, jackets and hats and uh, model cars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Be kind of fun just to look at it all. It's co- sort of like what uh, if you've never been to what do they call it? Retro mo? No, no, no. Automobilia or something. I forget what it's called. It's basically, it's the Pebble Beach uh, Monterey Car Week, but they do a convention center thing in Monterey or Marina and it's all like trophies and racing suits and helmets and really cool stuff. Super, super expensive. It's not 
like swap meet style. It's guys that have come like from all over the world and set up their little booths and have like insane shit, but fun to look at. It's, it's kind of cool. So would, yeah, would you? I I do feel like we all have stuff in our garages that we could bring. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you may not sell it, you may not find the right buyer, but you know, at least you throw it up there, throw a price tag on it. See if anybody buys. Conversation starter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have a lot of conversations. Joining Copart is easy and affordable. If you want to just look at all the cars, that's free. You just sign up and make an account. Um, if you want to start bidding on cars, uh, then that's going to be normally a pretty good price, 59 bucks a year. Uh, but with Copart advertising here on DWA, they're going to give an additional $20 off. So $39 for a year of access for bidding on uh, different cars that you might find. Pretty good. Go to copart.com slash DWA to get your special offer. That's copart.com, C-O-P-A-R-T.com slash DWA. Find your next vehicle for less at Copart. Uh, Kyle J of 90 says, what car is the worst shift knob installed from the factory? It's a hard one. Mm. I mean, original Volkswagen Beetle shift knobs were fucking tiny, little, almost like a disc on top of it. They're cool, though. I know you don't need much in those cars, but it didn't leave. There was like no ergonomics taken into consideration at all. Um, and they were, I believe they were plastic. So, um, you know, that might be something. That's a thing. They're cool. They look cool. But what, did anybody... It, so... I think Momo knobs from like the nineties with like the, you know, they had some weird anatomical shaped ones. Yeah. Did any factory cars like get on that bandwagon? I mean, if you consider like a Lotus, a factory car or something like some of those weird, you know, not even Lotus, but more one-off vehicles. Damn, that's a really uh, good question, though. I, I can't think of stuff. anyone that was, like, really terrible. I just don't I mean, like when they're super, super lightweight, like, shift knobs. When when you have a very nice, tight gearbox and the shift knob is super light, it doesn't, like, it doesn't match for me because you want, you want that additional heft for it to go easily into gears. That's why I always add a weighted shift knob. But ergonomically, though, is another thing. And then there's aesthetically, right? Like, like worse than just as you guys are describing. Yeah. But, um, Damn, I want to do some research now. We have to come back with them, or I want to come back to Kyle. And I mean, most most designs on uh, on shift knobs are like pretty understated. It's like just you know throw a little H pattern sort of thing on there, and yeah, yeah. What about uh, the metal knobs like Acura used and Honda? They were obviously ergonomic, but having a metal, I guess they're anticipating you using gloves or something. But metal shift knobs seem a, like a pretty bad idea, to be honest. I mean, it, yeah. it's definitely a thing, as you said, it can get hot, but they're awesome though. Like the, especially the ones that Honda made, they're ergonomically perfect and they shift awesome. But yeah, if you're, yeah, if they, they get both but hot they get and so cold. hot yeah, and cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Lane has a, I think his is metal and, um, his shift boot doesn't close completely. So it's like just a, a blow dryer oh. on a long drive. <laughs> he doesn't have I mean, it is fucking hot, dude. Really hot. 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, I do remember the, the the shift knob in my 135i being really shitty, like being just like it felt super cheap. It, it felt very hollow and plasticky, and that's, I replaced it. It wasn't a leather. It wasn't a leather. That's a thing. Like so, yeah, like cheap feeling is terrible, yeah. right? Um, and and I replaced it with uh with like the M Performance version, which was super nice. It's basically like kind of like the same design that you know the, that that BMW's been making forever for the performance cars, like the Sport Evolution uh, E30 M3 shift knob, like that's that shape. Uh, and but it was weighted and and it was it was much much better um, ergonomically and all I that. But, I but yeah, the stock can't believe sucked. we've. Can't believe we've had this whole conversation, and Art has not dropped his EHP. I'm, I'm like, dancing. I, we're like I'm dancing yeah, around. I know this, right? you are. We can all <laughs> yeah. feel it. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room. The ZHP yeah. weighted yeah, exactly. shift knob elephant. Yeah. If you're playing bingo, DWA bingo at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Overcast says USDM Ambers or Euro Clears, Amber. specifically on '90s, specifically on '90s BMWs. Amber, Amber, all Dude. the way. Save. The Do you guys Amber feel the alert. same way? I, I feel like even on the European cars, they look cheap. They look like yeah. they don't look good, right? They, it looks like totally. some eBay thing It looks fake. Something. Yeah. Absolutely. And if it is clear from the factory, it has to have an amber bulb in it at least. Or, or it's smoked like, a little bit to make it so it's not so bright white. Like on, exactly. Yeah. But you go ambers all the way. It makes It just breaks up that clear glass look. Uh, Casey914 says, got a 17-inch winter setup for the 997. Too much sidewall? Question mark? No. Wait, wh- wait, uh, what's the setup? Why? Never enough sidewall, Casey, if you can run what, it. No, what did he get, though? I, uh, he says, I got a 17-inch winter setup for the 997. Oh, Sounds so cool. he doesn't say how much sidewall. No. But, uh, no, if you can run it, uh, brung it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'm I'm a sidewall guy myself. I don't know how you guys are. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I want I want rubber bands, baby. <laughs> Dude, I was like actually on on a sidewall um, note. So, you have you guys seen the Donk Drag Racers? Mm-mm. So, don- yeah. Well, I just saw a story about that. There's like guys with thousand horsepower donks that drag. Yeah, race. yeah. So that there's a there's a I, I found out about it on Vice like a, like a couple of years ago. There's a good documentary on Vice about it and. Um, no one fucking talks about it, and it drives me crazy. Like, who the hell makes sticky thirty-inch, you know, twenty-series tires? Like, and and um, my understanding is that they don't. They just have like cheap Chinese tires, but they have these really wide, really wide tires. And they, it's a, it's a, it's a game. Uh, it's a feathering game, if you will, right? Just making mm-hmm. the lo- making it launch, because obviously, like any anyone that is into drag racing knows that you need that sidewall you need that deflection you need all that def- or, you know the carcass to deform and blah 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 and they run super low pr- pressure on them right on purpose to, to actually get out of the whatever yeah. dig <laughs> i don't know all the terminology wasn't uh, deformed carcass your third <laughs> band name <laughs> <laughs> when you got all aggressive they want the and carcass dark to deform i don't know what where that even came from, to be honest. <laughs> to be <Yeah>. honest. <laughs> and so they do they do it with the 30 inch wheels? Yeah, dude. It, I don't understand. Yeah. Like it's like and it so seems I like wanna... some one guy would just be like, Oh, I'm gonna throw on the the fifteen. But then it's not a dog. Yeah. It's not a dog. Yeah, it's and, a gasser. It's an immediately a gasser, actually, which is kind of crazy that Lifted. no one talks about it. Like th- that's like the one thing. Like, you know, they're all talking about the horsepower and the wheels and the and the rims. And you know themselves. what? Maybe it's like 
maybe it's like when you go on a rally with a really underpowered car, you have to like work a little different to make it do the same thing. You know, like no these doubt. guys are feathering it and it's a different skill set. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe you, that's you, it. You have Sounds to, right? Dangerous. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. Yeah, for sure. So dangerous. I do like though how, yeah, it's like the obvious thing would be to get the right size wheels and tires to go fast, but it's like, you can't do that because that's breaking the code where you got to look rad on giant wheels and that you're racing, yeah. but all, but you really care about the big wheels more than anything. So that wins. It's not often you see that in racing. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, right. it's definitely very contradictory right? or, or paradoxical, I guess. Bill Midstagram says the Haas F1 crash this past weekend. How gnarly do you rate it as distinguished old guys rallying cars with obsolete crash safety? Has your mentality around crash safety changed with age? I'd, All right. Let's talk about yeah. this crash. I for didn't a see it. I saw I'll pictures of oh, it, but fuck. I didn't see the actual. Okay. Thing. Can we rate it first or yeah. do you want to describe it? I'll describe it yeah. and you can, you can add color. But as, what happened was opening lap, um, Roman Grosjean uh, was making a pass around the right side and he failed to notice a car in his blind side over his right shoulder. He clipped that person's tire. Who was it? Kvyat yeah. or? Daniel Kvyat, yeah. Which then pushed his car over to the right facing the wall at 140 miles and he went through the metal barrier completely and the car exploded into flames. That's like when we went go-karting, Warren. Thank you. And you did that to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Actually, in this case, I think it's a perfect analogy because he did it to himself. (laughs) (laughs) So he ended up going essentially through two Armco barriers in the center of it and exploding the car. Nice. And Good the one. only thing that saved his life was the halo. Essentially, the car shot through Which it. is a new thing, like as of like last year or something, right? Three, three years. Ago. No, it's like three okay. or yeah. four years old. But yes, it is new. He would have died for sure, 100% dead. Um, walked away in, in, you know, basic terms. He didn't, uh, he burned his hands and feet. And I think you cracked a rib art. Is that right? Well, they, I, and that's what's unbelievable to me. Like that's where it's all of this technology crazy. comes into play. So he hit that wall or that armco 140 miles an hour and if you watch the replay it was he stopped almost instantaneously like like he went from 140 G's. to nothing 53 to 56 g's i'm hearing different numbers yeah. and um and stomach churning he, just thinking about it dude and here's what's crazy they thought he had a rib problem initially but it turns out that all scans um confirmed that he didn't have a single fracture in his body like in and obviously everything came into play here, right? Han's device absolutely saved his life. <laughs> like, you know, his head would have flown out the freaking car. Yeah. Um, then on top of yeah. that, the halo, which actually that's what took the impact because he split the armco. If you imagine two armcos on top of each other, he split that down the middle and he went in there and the, and he, and the car was, the front half of the car was stuck there. The back end broke off and exploded. Um, and it sprayed gasoline all over him. Like all the fuel went into the cockpit and he yeah. was on fire, or in the fire, I should say, for 15 to 20 seconds, dude, before he actually managed to get out of the car. And and, hot, and it's just, like, fire. mind-boggling that, first of all, he didn't lose consciousness, right? Like, somehow, all of the safety shit and the, the, the safety cell absorbed enough shock to allow him to stay conscious. He unbuckled himself and got himself out, like, in through all this, you yeah. know? So, it, I'd say Amazing. on a gnarliness level, it's it's the gnarliest thing I've ever seen, period. Like, I mean, well, let me, it's crazy. Let me throw this at you. 
what about um, uh, Kubica's crash where he went rolling down the race, the raceway and is like the car was in tatters and he's flailing turn, like roll after roll after roll after roll. That almost seems gnarlier regardless of the fire. I mean, the fire makes it, takes it to the next level, but I would almost rather be in Grosjean's situation where it's Kubica pre halo doing like 20 barrel rolls down the and gravel. Right. I'm like, I'm kind of, uh, I'm not sure which is worse. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's just, as we described, it's a combination of multiple things, right? Like just knowing that like you, you have, uh, what's his name? Richard Chen put it perfectly. Cause I made a comment on his post and like, it's, it's the combination yeah. of so many things going wrong and so many things going right. That makes it so like unique. Um, because, all of these different things that all of these different safety devices really did save his life. But also the fact that dude, like you haven't seen a fiery explosion in a formula one car since like 1990 or something, you know, like that doesn't happen anymore. Like the way that the fuel cells designed. So like, it was just unbelievable that all that shit happened the way it did. Um, in addition to the way that the armco failed and all that kind of stuff, you know? So dude, yeah, also, why did the I armco mean, f- w- that feels like the weak link here. Like I was just going I through know. my head, like all of, like how as um racing enthusiasts you know uh in in our uh uh age range it's like we've gotten to see all of this safety roll in and it's like i think it was like jackie stewart is like behind armco in general right like as a safety device and then we saw the hans come into play after um mm-hmm. uh, earnhardt and all of that and then uh i don't know what ended up spurring the uh, the little halo thing, but all of these things are because people actually died and it was like, Oh, now here's an example. The dude would be gone. And because of all these previous accidents and then developments, he, you know, here, here is, here is proof that, you know, what we're doing works. But then, you know, after I'm thinking through all those different little milestones, it's like, uh, why didn't the Armco like? Why, why did he stop so suddenly? Why is that not absorbing? And what's wrong? What's know, wrong with where that? Where's the tire? Where are the tire barriers? Yeah, that's where's the thing like, is that it, it was a design. It can thing, be right? better, it's a, it's, I guess. It's a racetrack yeah. thing, and well, the tires would be. It's just what happened is the barrier design. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's where it was. It was put there because this wasn't supposed to happen at that part of the circuit because right, it's a right. straight, right? So like right. they didn't anticipate someone basically yeah. spearing into the side of the of the of the track at that speed. Like it is such yeah. a weird freak kind of accident. Um, but and, you know, yeah. it, it does also beg the question though. Like, does that mean that we just don't use this type of barrier period anymore? Right? You go to a, a yeah. safer b- barrier everywhere because of this these freak uh, circumstances where something like this could happen in the future. Well, but, and it's kind of like an endless game, right? Like you're never going to be able to go to get everything until you turn them into little bubble pod racers. And and then is it really racing or, or sort of thing, right? Like, or there's like some element where it could be an interesting conversation too, that at some point it's too safe and everybody's, you know, completely separate from risk. And then what does that actually do for the mentality of racing and, and all of that? Obviously this isn't a good argument for being outside of risk. Like it's basically sounds like a miracle that he survived even with all of this stuff. Un- unbelievable. The amount, I just, the construction of these chassis, I mean, it's staggering that they even could deal with that. What's interesting too, is after the, the barrier was replaced, they obviously stopped the race for like 30 minutes or 40 minutes and they put in concrete 
barriers, like the red and white concrete things, walls that you would that you would move with a forklift in place of those metal barriers, which the metal barriers have a little bit a little of, bit of give. give, right? Yeah. So now if someone were to do the exact same thing, tire blow out or yeah, they clip someone else's tire, um, they're going into concrete, which I don't know what happens then. Does the car flip over the concrete? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of evidence or? of what happens then actually. Like <laughs> there's yeah. like a lot of yeah. people well, hitting concrete were, walls. That, but they were commentating that just, it was one of these things, right? Like worst case scenario where that particular type of barrier was, because even if it was concrete there, because it was, it was a diagonal um, kind of uh, border or barrier rather. So if it was concrete, it wouldn't have just, it wouldn't have like bounced over it. It would have like slid along it, right? Like it would have like deflected. Yeah, right, like bounced off like, back yeah, towards like the track a little bit. Yeah, like deflected over to the left or whatever. And But it was just like, it was a weird situation where it was it, it was pierced and then the car was stuck in it, right? Like Right. Um, so I watched the the replay from Grosjean's camera. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they cut Edited, it. Yeah. The minute... It's about to make impact. Um, it goes just has a Haas logo. Really? Um, after that, yeah, and they wouldn't really show the replay um, to the fullest extent. You would think that they would like, with F one being so so many cameras yeah. in play, yeah, they were very very careful about not shocking uh, viewers. And interesting. So it's it's good. I mean, I was also watching it with Andrew, and we were like talking about it when it happened, and just how safe the cars are and stuff. And it was like pretty pretty amazing just seeing that happen yeah but yeah i guess like i mean i did i was talking to tim our friend tim buckland the other day like about our safety gear like all my stuff's really old now you know like like my race suit my gloves all that stuff and you're supposed to renew it i mean brian would know what is it every 10 or 15 years like your helmet too um like oh less than that i thought yeah it's less than that yeah and it's like down to the racing seats and all of that stuff yeah, like um, I mean, I, I like, feel I like think, yeah, belts, harnesses. If you spring for the FIA ones, then it's five years. Otherwise, it's like two, uh, and then uh, race suits. I think are like ten or something like that. Yeah. Helmet helmets. It depends on where you are in the cycle, but it's uh, as they come out with new ones. Like I think twenty twenty is a new year, and so now the twenty tens are no longer legal. Something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, they each have their own little expiration and it even get, goes down to fuel cells and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think Bill, for like track days Bill, and stuff, uh, it's one thing, but like, you know, if we do like, if I do get into a lemons car, I'm like, no matter what you have to get all new gear anyways, right? Cause it's inspected. Yeah. So yeah, um, they have yeah. the, they adopt the same rule set basically. Uh, yeah. and luckily they're, you know, pretty uh, reasonable options for that stuff. You can get new. Yeah. And then, uh, this, his question really goes on to ask how it changes our mentality with driving around old cars, you know, on these windy mountain roads and, uh, where, where do you stand on that being safety as a priority? Because obviously, you know, the Volvo that you have, Brian was safe in 1975 or whatever, but today's standard, it's not even close Yeah, but right. yet. We're, we're hoping to drive these cars for a long time. And I don't really think about it too much. I mean, my car doesn't have an airbag and, um, I feel like it's fairly safe comparatively to a lot of other cars, but then compared to something modern, it's like a, a joke, right? And it depends on what you do with it too, right? I mean, it's like you drive based on your safety, kind of, right? Like, kind I mean, you, uh, we aren't out there F1 racing in E30s, right? We're not going 140 miles an hour ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, yeah. For me in this case, it's like, yeah, I'm on board with what you guys are saying. It's like, you just, you just, 
you, you know it's a thing, you know, but you're the, the lack of safety, just as you're describing about the racing, Brian, the thin, you know, the thin doors, the thin A pillars, like all of those things add to the experience in a positive way too, right? Like it's, it's, it becomes a more raw, entertaining and visceral experience, but I, I definitely want to have really good brakes. I definitely want to have really good tires and, and we are all pretty good about maintaining our cars and making sure that at least, even though they're not safe from crash standards, uh, perspective, from a crash standards perspective, at least they're safe to drive, you know, at speed and, and they're, they're, they're going to not fall apart on us. Right. Like that's kind of my, that's sort of the way that I justify it, I guess, in a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good way to look I've, at it. Uh, I've definitely put a lot of thought into this, and I think we've covered it a bit on the podcast before, probably in a few times. But um, for me, I was like, I, I specifically chose my 330 for safety aspects, actually. It was like I wanted something oh. that was, uh, you know. Over other choices. Over other mean. choices. It's basically like, inst- and now, you know, it's a whole different part of the conversation where now I'm in a Volvo, an old Volvo. But basically, I was making the decision, like, I didn't want to go classic. Uh, and Dotson would be a step below in the safety right, right. Um, realm, right? But and that was all because, like, if I if something happened, I wanted to be in something decent. And um, and then now, and, and then I had some experience with the Skylark too, where it's like, you know, I was just kind of like, I I I bought that, and I wasn't thinking too much about it. But then over the course of owning it, it's like the the thought does cross your mind, right? Like I'm out there in the Skylark and that thing would be completely ripped apart in any, any event, uh, especially being a convertible. Um, and so, and it was on drum brakes and tiny, tiny tires, um, which I, you know, I replaced those immediately for that reason. Um, and then, and so now jumping into the Volvo, it's actually, it is still on my mind. And I, I, you know, I, there's definitely a part of me, you know, as I'm going through this build list that, you know, I, it, it, it continues to like stay in the back of my mind, like do like a four point cage, even with a, uh, a four, you know, a six point mm-hmm. where it's like, don't do a full cage, but you do the four point in the back and then you do a, a diagonal going, uh, you know, up to kind of like the A pillar area. Um, and you could design it. So it's like kind of down at your hip, just, you know, it could be kind of like pretty good for getting in and out. Uh, and at the same time, like there in case something hits you in the side. Um, but that's a pretty big step. And, mo- you know, I, 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 I'm definitely not taking that as a first step. Um, and I, most people don't do that with the older cars. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's a thing. Uh, but yeah, as long as we're, I remember driving the E30 race car and <clears throat> I felt like, what one thing that was really cool was modern cage designs. You you know you're building a new car. Uh, you use all the latest cage design knowledge, basically, right? Um, uh, when you're, you're referencing other builds, uh, and I felt like we overbuilt the E30 cage like crazy um, for relative to like how fast it would actually go. And so I, I felt, you know, same car as you, Warren, E30 out on track. I felt like super safe because we weren't hitting very high speeds, but the thing was built like a friggin' uh, a Your tank. cage is everything. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, but I mean, that's obviously completely, I only bring that racing bit up because we're talking about F1 and when you're racing, you build uh, accordingly. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that isn't really real, you know, that's relevant to the, gr- the, the crash that happened, but not to what we're doing on the back roads. And I think we just, you tame it down, you know, you're not driving as fast on the back roads and that's just a thing. Uh, you know, you, you drive with a margin for error 
basically. And that's right. like driver error, other people coming down the street, or equipment failure and that, that sort of thing. Hopefully. Hopefully everybody's yeah. doing that. Colin Hill says, I'm excited for Brian's new Volvo. Besides the Volvo, uh, in your opinion, what are other undervalued, underappreciated pre-smog manufacturers and models these days with decent parts availability and support? I can think of two. Yeah. Manufacturers. Uh, first would be Mercedes-Benz. And uh, I've seen a few uh, cool builds, especially for rally kind of stuff, which would be the Fintail, if you're into those. I've never really liked them uh Aesthetically, really, they always they seem their proportions are a little weird I to like me. Them. me too. I wish it was a coupe, they sit kind of um, tall, and I don't, but yeah, I don't not like them, but they're just not something's like a little weird about them. But uh, yeah, Mercedes SLC is also a really cool option. They made a rally car, um, based on an SLC and the SLs, those are a little more expensive, but SLCs, I think you can still get a deal, yeah. Excellent parts availability. Brian's friends down in uh, Irvine will take care of you at the <laughs> Mercedes-Benz uh, Classics. Yep. And then um, the British makes, I mean, MG and Austin, um, and there's really good support for those, Moss Motors, mm. and I think they're in Collins' backyard. And historically, those, so, those were actually like front and center, right? Like that isn't, in yeah. the past, that wasn't undervalued or underappreciated. Those were like go-tos. That's like the the early Miata, basically. Like in that right. it was like the cheap solution that did a lot of things well, and there was a lot of uh, existing knowledge for tuning and support, right? Um, yep. But now yep. you don't see like, them very often. No. And yeah. I mean, like a Sprite, like a Bug Eye Sprite, or something like that with cool performance parts and it's a, definitely an experience talk about unsafe though <laughs> like what we were just yeah referencing totally Jesus. but yeah like uh, yeah otherwise like dotson is pretty well handled right like they yeah, like dotson is not affordable cheap. though right that's it's not thing, that's, yeah. what I'm, not that's exactly what i'm saying like i'm just starting to list the ones yeah. that aren't falling into this category yeah like a 510 try to find a decent one of those or a 240 now and i mean uh yeah, yeah the dotson roadsters are kind of like a thing on their own that you know, they're actually like a kind of a weird one to support uh, as far as I've seen and also going to be expensive. Um, yeah. Obviously, Lotus and Porsche, those are out, you know, those are not cheap. Alpha, you know, it's like yeah. bank just to start. They rust like crazy. So if you find a cheap one, you're spending insane amounts of money, but they've got rad motors and. Um, yeah, but pre-smog alphas are not. No, cheap. that's bank. I mean, yeah. you can, the yeah, Ford, uh, yeah, the, the cheapest one is the most expensive one, Ford, right? Yeah, exactly. The Ford stuff is like unob, un, unobtainium. Like you just don't, there aren't examples really. Like they're very rare to find. Even like Anglias yeah. and everything. Like you can wait mm. three years and not find a good one to buy. Cortinas, I was to like good luck. To get, um, oh, sorry. I was trying to convince him to get a, a Toyota Celica, like a, like a 72. Yeah. Oh, that's it, a it, good, it, yeah. That's, that's sort of where, where I would spend my money right now. You can get, yeah. they're, they're not, they're not, cheap but they're cheaper than them. a 510 they're cheaper than a 2002 you know like and and yeah, they do have yeah. a following um and they're super cool they're they definitely stand out now from you know in in, in a 2002 or Dotson 510 world right where those are uh, like the, the go-to um and you know there's a there's the sr5 uh ter, um corollas as well that were super yeah. cool um they're yeah. basically like a little ford escort um competitor right um but the other one that is sort of an oddball choice here um, 
is like the Ford Capris. I think those are still, if you like that body style, they're pretty affordable and it's a rad package, you know, and those had been, have been raced forever. Uh, and they have a following too, but that, that is a little pretty more, hard to come yeah, by. More obscure, but definitely have a you following. Say, and, uh, dude, Ford Pinto is actually, I, <laughs> I, I saw, I found one Ford Pinto a long time ago that made me just look at them and it's like, Tons of weird, tons of racing history. Drive. Yeah, like they they do banger races with those things all kinds, and the motor is like the same as the early Ford stuff. Uh, rear wheel drive, you know, solid, basically like a solid platform, you know, uh, solid rear axle, manual transmission. Uh, it's relatively small size. I and the one I found in L.A. it was like a perfect patina blue. I you, you guys might remember me sending it over. Three thousand yeah, bucks. It's just houndstooth, houndstooth yeah. manual transmission. <laughs> yeah. You know, blue runner, all stock. Dude, at one of the uh, like the last autocross I did, there was a guy selling like an autocross ready, super clean, dialed Pinto for like thirty five hundred bucks. I mean, competitive, yeah, fun manual. So throw that in the yeah, throw that in the pot. But then, so if, what do you like do? A, uh, it's like you a, come out with a Pinto. That's what you're rolling in the backgrounds with. Like, like it's a little funky, right? Like a little. <laughs> Dude, it's like a diabetic GTI or something. It could be rad though. You should do a little yeah. side exit exhaust. Like if you build I mean, a yeah. really badass one, like I would, I, I would I love if we to did see it, it, but I probably wouldn't be the one loving to own it. I know. I think if you went down the rabbit hole of, of the internet images of rad Pintos, it would be pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah. Do you want to be that guy? Right. Cause <laughs> you're going to dump a ton of money into it and you could be dumping a ton of money into something else. Did you- Imagine calling a shop. What kind of car is it? Well, just hold on. Um, are you sitting down? Did you guys Please, say uh, Did you guys say VW Bugs already? I was gonna bring that up next, or even like Myers Max Dune Buggy stuff. That's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely affordable, and even like uh, squarebacks. Yeah, what about a notchback? Good luck with that. But I mean, a notchback's like kind of a rad little Porsche three fifty six alternative. Freaking Carmen Ghia. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking bugs, might as well throw that in there. All right, that's that's plenty. Uh, new Noi Classics. Is that how you say it? Yep. Noi. Uh, do you ever let valets park your rally slash fun cars? Well, Brian's never seen a valet. But, yeah, I don't uh, know what that means. Valet? <laughs> valet. Uh, no, I don't. I avoid it at all costs. Art? You avoid it at all costs? Really? I'd be down. Huh. Oh, if I had my e, if I had my e thirty, I would not. I'd prefer to just park myself if I could. Oh, really? I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't seek out a valet. No, I wouldn't seek one out. But like, if you like, if that's the option at a restaurant or whatever or at a hotel, like I've done it before. It doesn't. Really, I mean, I guess they do go fuck around sometimes, right? I mean, that's the that's the problem. Just the fact that they're learning how to drive on your yeah. car. The they thing, don't know old. I'd cars. worry most about uh, the tight parking spaces. I've seen these parking lots where they park the valet cars and they squeeze them in. Right. It's like, uh, you're yeah. just asking for a crumpled fender, but yeah. I mean, I'd probably toss the keys. Asking for a basket. I prefer not. That's, that's my, that's my answer. I prefer no. <laughs> and then how much do you tip a valet? Um, well, Brian, don't answer. In, uh, Brian, don't gone answer. in 60 seconds, three, three uh, I remember the guy tipped him uh, two quarters, right? And he put it in his front pocket and patted it. <laughs> oh, Brian, you said three bucks? It's probably, it depends on where you're at is the real answer. Right. Right. Chuck E. Cheese, $3. Yeah. 
The valet at Chuck E. Cheese is excellent too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get the Tentum. hard to get the the rat outfit inside the car. Sometimes the head is so it's oversized. True, I was it's like, true, and like there's always he has his banjo with him too. And <laughs> I was conflating like the yeah. whole the fact that it's like a greasy pizza joint, and I was thinking he's got greasy pizza hands too. But I guess that's that's you and your Everybody kids, does. not pizza the, rat. Not the valet, but yeah, classic pizza rat scenario. You never want to get involved in that. All right, last question. Garrett Lee, 85. What's up, Garrett? I just bought a 70,000-mile Audi V10 for $500. If you had this motor, what would you put it in? It's 536 horsepower NA, 26 inches long. Uh, Thank you for that. 5.2 V10. Wow. Uh, So this is the the Lamborghini V10, right? Yeah. It's the same one as the Gallardo. Audi R8, too. Yeah. 500 bucks that's insane that's That's awesome so what can you bolt it so this is such a wild motor like and a project like this could get out of hand so quickly what would be the easy thing that you could do here what is the what is what are the things that this might bolt up to myers banks i mean (laughs) hang it out the back there's your easy i'm going i'm going uh vandalay industries on this one i want to i want a sleeper rear drive volvo interesting and it and i don't see why it wouldn't be a wagon but uh i want equal length headers that's a prerequisite here um and could you do a manual transmission with that engine yeah i mean yeah but that's probably a great expense right huge huge expense so that's probably yeah what what three four grand is, is shared with this thing i think that's a good answer you know if they bolt an ls in then you probably bolt this in right they used it on a lot of their cars the s8 had it um the r8 the gallardo um, it it is it can be wedged into all sorts of things, but um, what should it be used for? Fuck, it's such a rad motor. Yeah. I so um, um call me almost crazy. like a dinner table. Uh, I, put a cheese. <laughs> put, you put a uh, glass door over top of it. No, you got to hear this thing run. Um, and so a glass door. I, I'm trying <laughs> to think of something big, big enough to like, to cover like a it. sliding door. You're just gonna <laughs> take, take it off and, and put it on. Set it right on if it. If it's thick enough, dual pane. Worst table <laughs> ever. Dual, dual pane. You break through the top one first, and then you got stuff like kind of trapped in there. Um, dude. So Thanks I've talked to Warren about this before, Warren. and he thinks I'm absolutely crazy. But I have a thing for the first generation Audi V8 sedans. I think they're awesome looking. Um, and I do too. I think that in there would be amazing. Uh, just because it's Audi. it's Audi and it would be a more modern power plant, you know, less problematic, blah blah blah, um, and it would match the car well. I think. I, don't know. I totally agree. That's a perfect answer. I'm gonna say C4 Corvette. Second answer would be uh, <laughs> just overlook the C4 the f- Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. It's good uh, access. Second answer. I think it's I think it's the right the right choice. Really? Yeah. I thought it's pretty cramped in there. It's a little cramped, but it's good access. Okay. It's Come cramped, on. but you can access. Oh, because the clamshell yeah, it's a clamshell. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, first gen A8. Yeah, that's cool. Ronin style. I think he yeah. has one. Didn't he just buy an A8? I, I swear he has one of those. Well, shit, if that is what he's beating around the bush here, you already have the car. I'm pretty sure. I got to look up here. It's get a, Just buy a German shoehorn and get busy. Get Art over yeah, there. He'll put it in a manual That's swap. all aluminum. It's worth nothing, right? And then Brian will louver. Yeah, exactly. Brian will louver the hood, mm-hmm. and we're good to go. There you go. All right. That's a podcast. Thank you for listening.
Bye. Bye. We appreciate every single one of you. Every single one. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Do you enjoy the DWA podcast? Give us a little love and support us on Patreon and get some awesome bonuses like a weekly exclusive Patreon podcast, exclusive stickers, koozies, and discounts on everything in our store, early access to rallies and other DWA events, and much, much more. Um, yeah. It really helps us out if you become a patron of the podcast and we hook you up with some really cool stuff. So join us now at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Thanks.